It is good to see you again, hero. Mephisto's defeat is a great victory for the Light. I knew that you would eventually find your way here. The Pandemonium Fortress is the last bastion of Heaven's power before the gates of the Burning Hells. You guys, when someone brings up the term gaming peer pressure or gamer peer pressure, do you know what I'm talking about? You know where I'm getting at? Or what I'm getting at? Not where I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, I feel that sometimes. And I feel it in Diablo, but in some ways not as much. So when you're playing something like World of Warcraft or an MMO there's a lot of e peening going on. There's a lot of people who are sort of uh, check out my sweet gear. Look at all the hard work I did for it. Uh, be amazed. You'll never be as good as me. And and sometimes you just want to play and enjoy the thing and not min max your way to Valhalla with this guy. You know what I mean? Diablo three presents a different challenge though in that way. Because you're not, um, I mean, if you're level 70 and, you know, got a few Paragon levels under your belt and decent gear or whatever, you can run rifts with friends and do bounties on, on Torment Plus and, and feel good about it, right? And have a good time at it. Get some sweet loot. Remember to do all your clickables and kickables, right? I'm like your mom. I got to remind you every week, do your clickables and kickables. My mom used to say, don't forget to brush and flush before bed, everybody. It's bedtime. Everyone brush and flush. <laughs> it brings me back, man. Ooh. I used to hate that. Back around to my point. There's still some of that in this game. And I'll tell you where I felt it over the week. Running with some friends. This was yesterday, in fact. And these guys are always on. They're like Paragon 230 or some crazy number. And they're always around and always willing and it's always exciting. It's like, hey, there's a group. Sweet. Let's go. Right? Happy to do with those guys. Great guys. And one of them says at the end of a rift, hey, anyone want to do Whimsy Shire? See if the such and such drops, the pinata thing you get. And I'm like, oh, Whimsy Shire. That's right. The one thing in this game... This game's lost cow level since the launch of Diablo 3. Uh, and I've never been in it. Nor has any of my random rifts been in that zone, which will sometimes happen. Nothing. No Whimsy Shire. No unicorns. No weird, fluffy, smiling clouds. No strange soundtrack. No uh, flowers coming at me to kill me. None of it. No teddy bears. I hadn't seen it. So I said, yeah, I've never been. And they couldn't believe it. They were nonplussed. And I don't blame them. But there are some things in some games you just don't get around to. Like, I always meant to go in there. I always meant to check it out. And I always had, like, the bits and pieces, bobs and bits of, of, of what I needed to get in there. Like the weird drops and stuff to eventually do what you got to do to get the staff of hurting to then get in there and blah, blah, blah. Right? But I just never did. And it would usually be because, oh, I'm in. Oh, you guys are going to run something? Okay, cool, I'll do that. Or, hey, I got to finish this campaign or, you know, whatever. There was just other things to do. But I had this tinge, this little piece of me said, 
hey, Scott, you you do a show now about this game. It's a regular deal. You're doing it every week. You're talking all kinds of up and down about that game. And you haven't been to Whimsyshire? What kind of gamer are you, man? What kind indeed? Hey, everybody, it's Scott Johnson here. And it's the Diablo Show. The Diablo Show, episode seven. We're seven episodes into this first season of 12. Uh, we are over hump day. Hump episode, I guess, was last week. And onward and upward, I say. Oh, I meant to also mention I had my first bugged bounty just before joining these guys. This has not happened to me at all since Reaper of Souls came out. Where I got in and one of the objectives, one of the bounties, uh, was stated clearly. And I went to where I needed to get it. And I've done it a billion times before, so I knew what it was. And got in there and went with dude who I needed to follow to help. Act 5 thing, I want to say. Maybe four, maybe an act four. It may have been in the high heavens. Anyway, got there with the guy and uh, went to his little group to defend waves of demons, which usually is like three or four waves of these things. And then you get the, you get the bounty. Nothing. I went over there, killed a bunch of mobs, killed everything within any kind of radius that would have included this, this uh, objective. And when it was done, it just kept pulsing like a spot on the map that I needed to stand where I was standing dead set in the middle. Couldn't talk to the dude. He's still following me. And all his other guards are standing around as if we're waiting for yet another attack. But none came. None would come that day. When Mephisto. Nothing. Zip. So that was disappointing. I mean, what do you do? I reported it as a bug, but, uh, you know, got out of there, did some other stuff, but I couldn't, I couldn't clear that zone. And that kind of sucked because I was only one, then that one. And then the boss away from uh, the boss level away from getting my Herodric cash, which always has fat stacks of loot in it, you know, P H A T stacks of loot. And, uh, that was disappointing. Cause then I had wasted those other four or three, I guess that would have been the fourth of the five. In that zone. Depressing, man. What would you do about a thing like that? I was kind of mad, if I'm honest. Hey, Scott. You were talking about what we wanted to see added to Diablo. And I would really like to see the addition of, like, environmental lighting. Where, like, if you cast a spell right now, on my big mage ball, I forget what it's called, it just shoots through the air and, like, no environment lighting, no nothing happens. So I, I'd, I'd like to see that. Do you think that's something that could be added or do you think it's an engine limitation or what? It's such a beautiful game, but it just throws me that there's not any, any real environment lighting or even character lighting. I may be wrong about that. Thanks. I think there's more than you think, and I think it's subtle, but there's more than you think. So... I notice little things here and there. For example, when you're doing all kinds of blasty kind of things, the grass in uh, the kind of swampy jungle areas in Act 2, I think, Chaldeum? Yeah. Uh, well, if you notice like the big waves of grass that like blow all around you when something explodes or, you know, you're doing a lot of force damage or... Or whatever. Every every character seems to kick up some dust there, and that's really pretty rad. And that I would call that not lighting, but you know, that's environmental things that are affected by the environment, or environment that is affected by what you're doing. So that's kind of cool. I also noticed that when I would be near a body of water and I would use 
like say I'm on a bridge over some water and I would use my disintegrate beam with my wizard as an example, the beam is actually reflected in the water and varies depending on distance from the water. It's also highly refracted and kind of like, you know, creating a, a real light show down there. Um, and I think you'll notice when you do send like your, what you refer to as your mage ball into the end of the next room, there is, uh, especially if there's some mobs in there and it's real dark, you can see as you, if you rush forward kind of with it, you'll see that thing kind of light up everybody and cast shadows in a dynamic direction as it passes them by. I just think it's real subtle. They haven't gone for like in your face sort of, um, you know, those effects have been reserved a bit, but, but they're there. And I feel like they're so, so well done actually that you're not thinking about them. Maybe that is not the point, or maybe we want to have more punch to that, to that sort of thing. But, um, I don't think there's a limitation on the engine. I think this is just the style and the, and the thing that they went for. I remember when they did the announcement trailer for this thing at I don't know if it was BlizzCon or the Invitational or somewhere back in, what was it, 07, was it? Oh, my gosh. Um, whenever that was. And they showed off the engine and everybody freaked out and said, what are you doing trying to make this goofy, wow-looking color palette and it's not dark enough and we want our Diablo dark and sinister and... What were they talking about, man? Like, to this day. Like, gamer outrage is the weirdest thing. Arguably, they made as big or bigger stink about that Zelda game, Wind Waker. Remember that in, like, 03? And everybody freaked out because, oh, what are you doing? You're, you've cartooned up my my link. I want him to be, you know, super modern looking or or not modern, but, you know, I want a realistic link. I want my Legend of Zelda to step into the reality, whatever. And I remember at the time going, "Are you? Is everyone crazy? That's an not only an amazing style, but it will endure." And sure enough, it has. History has served that game really well. People look back now very fondly. It is quite possibly my favorite Zelda game ever made. It's right up there, if not. Part of it is that style. So. I, always, I just don't get it sometimes. People see these things and just the internet erupts and it's just like, what, what, why are we, what are we doing here? What are, what, is, what are we up to? I have never a moment goes by in, with the exception of, you know, oh, the Herodric hamburger dropped or this Whimsyshire thing. I never once go, well, this game's not dark enough. There's not enough sinister freaking high fantasy going on here. No, there is. They totally nailed it. And I believe they built an engine that'll last a very long time. It's, it's venerable and it looks great. The only downside, as far as I can see it, this is the only downside. Those models do not scale well, and you don't need them to because this isn't, you know, three-quarter view, top-down action RPG. Uh, But when you blow your dude up, you know, hit escape while you're out running around and look at your guy and rotate him around a little bit just to check out his sweet new gear, his hot new duds, (laughs) something my dad would say. Uh, you get kind of, you, you see the seams, right? You see bad textures, you see, you know, stuff that wasn't meant to be up close. So the details kind of rough. I don't know how to get around that or if that's the thing they can tweak or, you know, if they get engine upgrades the way that like Warcraft has over the years and that stuff improves. I don't know. I don't know what they would plan there or if a whole new game is required to, for them to justify the, the cost of bumping everything up. I just wish those looked better because it'd be more fun to show those off. It's like, ah, look at my sweet character. Uh, don't please pay no attention to the N64 textures on his pants. A little blurry there. 
but the rest of them is really cool, I promise. Maybe those just need to be shrunk down a bit. I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard call. There's always these things, though, with Blizzard games. They, 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 they're not all that important in retrospect, but at the time, they seem like a huge deal. Like Diablo 2's limited to 640 by 480 and then later 800 by 600 resolution. Um, at a time when, when resolutions were changing rapidly on computers and we were getting away from 2D sprite stuff and it was moving, you know, obviously in a polygonal whatever. But Blizzard kind of took their time. They're like, eh, we know what works. We're going to stick with what we know is good and then we'll, we'll evolve as, you know, when it makes sense. And I think Warcraft 3 was the first time they really, well, it was the first time they ventured into polygonal character models and stuff like that. Uh, but I trust them. And on this engine, I trust them also. So time will tell. I'm feeling good about it. Well, looky what we have here. There's some news. Blizzard, on their own official Diablo 3 forums, the Blues, have been playing around uh, talking about some new Rift Guardians, essentially gathering your ideas. Not sure how 100% genuine the question is. Well, this is what they asked. The subject has a lot of potential to be really fun community discussion. Personally, I love the nostalgia involved with bringing back some of those old bosses. But I know there are a lot more ideas out there. So let's hear them. What are your ideas for Nephilim Rifts and or Rift Guardians? A couple of people throwing around really great ideas for Deckard Kane, who at this point, look, this show is, we're not, there's nothing really left to spoil. If you don't know, Deckard Kane perished just prior to Act 3. Or is it after Act 3? Ooh, has it been that long since I played the freaking, I don't remember now. But anyway, also that uh, scene where they're, where they're doing the burial there. Maybe the best thing Blizzard's ever cinematically animated ever in their, in their existence. It holds up, man. Unbelievable stuff. She touches enough, uh, 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 Tyrael's, uh, the hem of Tyrael's robe and sees what he did in heaven. How he relinquished his wings. Came down among the mortals. It's great. It's great. Tie drama. Trophy is all hell and back, but man, there are good times to be had on that plate. Anyway, <laughs> where was I? Oh, they want to know your ideas, and they have some interesting ones. The idea of bringing, say, Deckard Kane back as a, uh, a demonic foe who is sort of a corrupted spirit of Deckard Kane or whatever. Keeping in mind, you can you can kind of go crazy in the in the rifts because these are not canonical. It's not like you go in there and the story has to match exactly. You're fighting dudes what you already killed or or things in the story that have no relation to what you're doing now these are these are all tests right that's what the the, the riffs at least lore wise are trying to do so you can kind of go crazy in there you can do whatever you want so i personally would like them to dip back into diablo one and diablo two days and put characters and archetypes from those games uh as rift guardians and you could just have a lot of fun there you could also be a little goofy there if you wanted you know, like the cow that gives you the Whimsyshire quest thing opens up the hole in the ground and lets you go in. Who, by the way, is some of the best voice acting in the game, ironically enough, I finally learned. Uh, he and, and by the way, I avoided spoilers on that thing. I never saw a thing about Whimsyshire except a couple screenshots here and there because I knew I'd eventually go in there. 
So I never saw a video. I heard it all for the first time. It was fantastic. Anyway, the point is, have that cow be a Rift Guardian. That'd be cool. Stampede. He could chew his cud. That's one of his abilities, chewing his cud. I don't know. I got a good feeling. I got a good feeling about that idea. Tell me I'm wrong. Hey, Scott, this is Ring Zero, and I had a question about Diablo etiquette. For example, on the last show, you mentioned how you're supposed to apparently ask if anyone has Nemesis Bracers before hitting a shrine. Yep. Or the other one is uh, at the end of a public rift or uh, anything else like that, people start linking all these amazing legendaries that they got, and I thought they were just bragging when I didn't get anything. But I, apparently it's a thing where uh, they link to because it's a legendary that they don't want and they want to see if anyone else wants it. And then my favorite one is um, I come into a public rift and we finish one up and suddenly uh, everyone's back in town and people spend the next 20 minutes running back and forth between vendors. Uh, and I'm just sitting there. I'm done after like, two minutes and uh, people just look so busy running around and we all know it does not take 20 minutes to gamble with Kadala or salvage <laughs> stuff. They're just waiting for somebody else to spend precious five precious uh, rift fragments. Um, and so, uh, you know, I wind up, I don't do public rifts unless I'm just willing to spend it myself. So what is the uh, uh, etiquette around that or um, what other kind of etiquette tips do you uh, do you think are important? All right. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Okay. One of the big ones for me, good call, long call, but good call. Uh, so, all right. My buddy Ralph, who you heard on the first episode of the show, does a thing every time, which is to check and see if anybody doesn't have the transmog of the gear that just dropped for him. So if he gets a transmogable legendary, he will immediately say, anyone need transmog? And he'll throw it on the ground. And now you may already have this item, so you're not sure 100%. Maybe that's in your bag. Maybe you sharded it. You don't know. You may already have the transmog. But all you got to do is to pick it up, and, and, and that's, what you'll, that's how you receive the transmog. So it is a very nice thing to, if you get a transmog piece of gear, and you'll know because it'll pop up and say, new transmog found uh, as soon as you uh, identify the gear. You uh, throw it on the ground, they pick it up, they get the transmog, they throw it back on the ground and they give it to you. And that's real etiquette. Like that's an honest straight up, like if you're in a public rift and somebody does that, it, there's a lot of trust there because you could just straight up keep that log out and they'll, you'll never be seen again, right? You could take that sweet piece of gear. But the nice thing to do, the etiquette thing to do is to pick it up, get the transmog, put it back, let the guy take it home and let everybody in the group touch it, you know, just pass it around. It's kind of weird. It's weird, but that's a good one. The other things you mentioned, I mean, the, the how much it, time it takes for people to run around and do stuff or when to close the rift. Uh, the running around and do stuff is just kind of annoying, and that's just you being behold, beholden to somebody else's schedule. Um, but everything else you mentioned, I think, is a good idea. You know, if you don't need these legendaries, let people know you got them and see if they want them. Maybe the language of that needs to be improved, like, some kind of acronym that says do not need or, you know, anyone need, anyone need question mark and then link them all. So you kind of know what he's doing because otherwise you're just thinking showing off, but you're right. Sometimes they just want to give that stuff away because they've already got it. 
I mean, my experience has been if you get a bunch of legendaries, you're going to need the Forgotten Souls anyway. So go shard those things, man. I mean, unless you've got a buddy with you and you're like, hey, uh, this has got some sweet stats that you could benefit from. So here, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. But with Total Strangers, just get the Forgotten Souls. You know, I mean, unless it's just so obvious. Oh, this is perfect for that wizard over there. He should have it. I mean, I get that. But the problem is everyone's kind of running on their own. I've been in rifts where everyone's very friendly and public and, and sort of communicate, uh, communicative, <laughs> communicative. They communicate well. Unlike me right now. But I've been in others where they're jacking apes and no one says anything or they're running so fast they don't care if you got left behind or that the rift is closing and you didn't pick up that legendary because your inventory was full and you had to get back to town real quick or whatever. Although in that case, you just toss a blue and grab it. Don't don't go back to town first. Anyway, there's a, I, I, there's a lot of that going on. But my experience on the whole, for the most part, I say on the whole a lot, don't I? Someone told me this on the show, my morning show. For the most part, uh, peep, this is a pretty uh, respectful uh, community, I'm finding. I'm not finding a lot of the trolly uh, douchebaggery that you find in a lot of games. I don't know what's up with that, but that's good. Keep fostering that, Blizzard. You seem to have that by the tail, and I'm super stoked about it. Oh, what else here? Check this out. There's a new short story up. Ooh, we should do this. Hold on. Let's have some music for it, okay? Here we go. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read you just a piece of this. New short story on the official blog. Nerissa finished the cup of wine and fumbled it back to the table. She picked up the velvet box, displaying it proudly, and opened the top. The contents glittered. I have my jewelry, she replied. She's a she. With as much dignity as she could muster. And some of these pieces have been in my family for generations. This one, for example. And she lifted out a figurey comb of spun gold with a single large sapphire that cost her 300,000 gold. Just kidding. I made that part up. Was given to me by my grandmother on her wedding day. Hey Diablo Show, this is Vakunka. I was just calling to give a little bit of a comment for the show. Um, as for when you're, you're naming off your items and things like that, it would help just a little bit if you could give item names, such as the one you were talking about when you touch a shrine. Those are bracers actually called the Nemesis Bracers. So if you could just Google it real fast when you're talking about it, I would appreciate it. Um, I'm sure a lot of other players would also appreciate it. Also, really like the show, big fan, and I hope it keeps going. Thank you. I like terms like mage ball and dealy whacker and thing that that explodes. <laughs> I understand completely what you're saying and I will attempt. I will endeavor to do that more. I, I always mean to, right? I'll get to the, to the story or the, whatever, or the, the memory of what I did in a game and, and I'll go, Oh shoot. I don't know what that is, but you also don't want to hear me Google while I'm on the show. Like one thing you don't know about this show. Maybe you do. It's all real time. This entire thing, I don't stop. I start, we do the intros, I go all the way through the whole thing, and I end it. One file, one thing, no editing, I never go back. Not once. Unless I insert an interview or something later, but it's just straight up top to bottom, man. So 
I'm not going to go, hold on a second. Let me Google this, okay? According to Google, that's called a forgotten soul. Not burning lava icon or dirty Nephilim rift guardian droppings. It's a forgotten soul. But you're right. I'll try. I'll be better. I'll do my best. All right. We got some big clarification and I think exciting details about legendaries and how it will work with seasons. So seasons have been talked about a lot. We talked about it last week and we talked about what, uh, you know, how the gear is going to work and stuff. But here are some confirmed plans slash clarifications regarding how the seasons work. The legendaries that are season specific that you can only get in there and where those end up after because there's a lot of questions about that. And here's the final word. Seasonal legendaries will drop for normal characters after a season ends. So that is awesome news. If you're not interested in playing in this whole season uh, sandbox, then lucky you because if if there were legendaries in there that really got you excited, set pieces, whatever, those are going to drop for normals after. Muggles. We're like muggles, right? The normals. Uh, Just to confirm our current plan, says the official boards, with seasons, we have uh, stated earlier in interviews and live streams, although bear in mind a lot of this, uh, as with current any current plans, this is all subject to change. Nice little disclaimer. Seasons will be optional, similar to how you flag a character as hardcore. When you create a character, you will have the option to make him seasonal. Seasonal characters. Uh, there will be seasonal legendaries. At the end of a season, seasonal legendaries will roll over into non-season loot pools, or the, the overall loot pool, I guess. New seasonal legendaries will be available for seasonal characters once the season begins. So they get to start right away as soon as they make a season character. We're not quite ready to share the finer details on 2.1 for seasons just yet, but as we get near the uh, 2.1 PTR, you'll be sure to have more info to share. To be very clear here, that means we'll be able to find seasonal legendaries on regular softcore hardcore characters after that season has expired, correct? Correct, they say. Not just that we'll be able to keep the seasonal legendaries we found during the season. That too. So you gets to keep what you gots and you gets to drops what you don't has. That's how I think that goes. Uh, additional info I found on Reddit. You might be familiar with Reddit. They got a great subreddit for Diablo. Uh, Redditor Daisy Cutter. Suggests the following, quote, I think it would be nice to see a tiny little mark indicating the season of the legendary, like the symbol on the magic TCG alpha beta and so on. Only for collection purposes. When the season ends, the item would drop from softcore slash hardcore, uh, but without the symbol slash number of the season. So if it's season one or symbol one or whatever, you would be able to people would be able to inspect you or you could show off your character and say, I mean, this is some e-peening here, right? But you could say, hey, look, I got that on, I got that in season one. You got it because it dropped later, lame But then again, here's this gamer prejudice slash peer pressure again, right? Like, I mean, you know, is that actually good for us? There's so many of these things in like WoW and stuff. For those not familiar with the term e-peen, let me explain it. It is internet slang for ego, pride, or attitude in a virtual world. Long-standing net definition for the age of bigger penis argument. This is according to Urban Dictionary, where all definitions have to refer to the penis. 
<laughs> oh man. Good times, right? Uh, we got some new <laughs> we got some news on the two point uh, one PTR. Uh, this, according to Dev tweets, it will likely be here in the summer. Two point one on PTRs this summer, and I would ask, isn't it already summer? I mean, what is this? We're in June now, right? June sixth or seventh, whatever it is. Isn't this summer technically? When does summer begin? Do I have that wrong? Or are they referring to international markets where there is snow when it is hot here? I don't know. Pretty vague. I think a date range would have been better. Oh, also, a lot of talk about the legendary buff when that went permanent. Uh, People think it's been nerfed since, and there are conspiracy theories all over the place and board posts that go on for uh, days about it, and it's kind of ridiculous and over the top. They officially say the following. Legendary drops have not been nerfed. Luck is the only factor. It's an old uh, Frank Sinatra song, isn't it? Luck's the only factor. Right? (laughs) They did a huge blue post about this. It's totally worth reading. I do have a Vegas theory, though. Because when I go to Vegas, um, there's always going to be an inherent distrust of computer systems. Because we know that they can be gamed and there's no, there's no way to be sure. You're never really sure. So when, when, when Vegas, uh, everything got converted to video poker, not everything, there's still some legacy stuff, but most of them are video poker and video slots now. So it's all, it's all you know, graphics and stuff. It's all computer-y things. It's no longer mechanical boxes is what I'm getting at. And at least then, even though those can be gamed too, you didn't think about it because there's no brain in there. It's just a straight up machine that, did whatever it did, and it still favored the house or whatever. But now you go in there like, well, no way. There's no way that video poker machine is is not geared to have me lose more. <laughs> There's no way. I don't trust them at all. So what we're looking at here with Diablo, honestly, is just a giant Vegas machine. It's this huge, random, loot-generating, algorithmically tuned thing that controls what you get, when you get it, and how you get it. So I don't think it's that unnatural for people to question it. I believe Blizzard when they say it's all luck. It's it's in their best interest for the game to to have that that factor in it and have it work well, right? With whatever tweaks they need to make to say make some harder and some easier. But but for the most part, that needs to be really that needs to be as random as possible and no sneakiness going on because that serves the game better and therefore them better. So I, I trust them, but I understand the mistrust. I understand why people are coming at it this way. Anyway, I want you guys to go read. Uh, the Vegas thing, you're never going to convince me because they're just dirty bastards, all right? Blizzard, I have a little more love and trust for, but I don't have that for Vegas or any of the casino owners currently therein. But if you want to read the entire thing, there's a huge blue post, blue, 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 blue post that I will link in the show notes and you can enjoy it too. question about the uh, ice climber i know it's a level 60 item um i'm looking for it still i haven't found a drop but when i do get it i'm just wondering if it's going to be an item that is like um 
you know, limited to level 60 if they're going to do kind of like what they did with uh, the Firewalker and make like a level 70 item version of it too. Anyway, keep up the good work, dudes. And uh, yeah, man, I'll be listening. Thanks. All right. Good question. I did a little checking for you. A uh, little thorough check, and turns out the ice climber, the boots you're referring to, were level 60 items, but they now drop as 70s, and technically 61s and 2s and 3s and all the way up to 70, just depends on when you get it. So, like all the gear, really, I don't know of any where it's like limited to this only dropped at 60 and will never drop anywhere else. But I found a few screen grabs of people's actual ice climbers, and they're just, there they are. Level 70 and stat it out accordingly. Uh, so you'll be fine. No worries there. Uh, if somebody knows of any of there are any pieces of gear that were just strictly legacy pre 2.0 that you cannot get any, any other way, I would love to know about that. I couldn't find any. Pretty much most. I mean, I'm getting all kinds of duplicate gear now that I got in my 20s, you know? Low level stuff that I'm now getting level 70 versions of. I have this great, forgot the name of it, this great um, sword that is a one-handed sword. It's bleeding and it procs every, I don't know how often. I've talked about him before, I think, but this big demon beast who fights along my side. Oh yeah, I talked about him last week because I didn't want to get rid of him, even though it's way underpowered compared to what I use now. Um, But I just love what that thing does. Anyway, uh, there are multiple versions of that, for example. Um, I've got, I got a pair of uh, shoulders that dropped at, as level 70 shoulders that are identical, except for some random stat changes, obviously, from some I rolled back in the 40s or 50s. So this is all, this is pretty consistent. And yes, Ice Climbers, to answer your question in the most simple way possible, yes, you can get those at 70. You just have to be 60 or higher. That is the one, I think that's the one limit on those boots. If you're not at least 60, you're not getting those boots. I played some Wildstar last week. Still playing. It's good. I'm here to tell you. It's good. Something funny happened. I'm not going to talk about a bunch about that game. I go into some detail on the instance this week, so you can check that out if you want to hear my feelings on that and then the boys responding to that. But, um, yeah, uh, Diablo 3 has kind of changed the way I look at these games. It's weird because when you play, I mean, this is true of anything. You play a shooter long enough. When you play another shooter, you're like, whoa, that button's in a different place. Oops, I just dropped something. My wedding ring. Um, I just dropped a legendary. Scott's wedding ring. Plus 13% to mage ball. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Wildstar. So I, I, if when I play a new game like this, I get thrown off by not being able to do some of the things that I love doing. So... Um, I got an email. I got to, I'm going to reply to it rather than read it on the air here. But somebody asking like, when do you actually use meteor shower in your build? Cause I never hardly use it. And I use it all the time because I use electrocute as my primary. And that's got the rune that, um, bumps up arcane power the whole time, every time I use it. So I am, when I'm doing crowd control, I am just raining down hell and keeping my arcane up the entire time. And I love that feeling. And I find myself in a game like Wildstar going, all right, there are like 20 dudes down there that I would just love to just hit shift click and keep tapping two until they're dead. You do this in other games. I do it all the time. 
And sometimes it depends on the game or even the other way. So I played a bunch of Wildstar. That has a sprint feature where you hold down the shift key and you run faster for a period of time. It's an exhaustible uh, thing, so you have to let it recharge. But I uh, use it all the time and it really speeds things up before you get to any kind of mounts or anything. And so uh, I hopped into the WoW uh, Warlords of Draenor beta or alpha, I guess it is. It's definitely an alpha. Woo, things got some problems. But anyway, it's an alpha. Uh, and I keep hitting the shift key going, dude, why aren't you sprinting? Oh yeah. Cause you don't in this game. So you, yeah, it goes, ba- it goes both ways, but I, I find that Diablo three informs so much, so much of my gaming experiences now. Um, I guess cause I'm playing it the most. Cause I love this game. I love it. Okay. Uh, you know what? I had a call to play that I'm now missing and I don't want to I don't want to miss this. How did I get rid of it? That's a really good question. Oh, here it is right now. Okay, I got it now. Don't worry. I got it. Hi hey, Scott, this is Adam here. I heard you talk on the last episode here, episode six, um, more about how someone found an item that was nice that could go with wanting to hit the clickables um and destroyables and stuff. I actually use on my Barbarian the Thunder Fury, which does exactly the same thing as it does in World of Warcraft, where it can hit up to five targets and shoot them with electricity. Well, actually, this electricity goes so far, sometimes it hits things off screen, but it'll also hit all the barrels and stuff that can be destroyed. So when I'm hitting on on enemies, when I go to the next screen, all of a sudden there's loot laying on the ground that was from a barrel that the lightning hit. So I thought that was just pretty cool. Uh, keep up the good work. Love the show. Bye. All right, let's get to some uh, additional feedback this week. You guys have been amazing. Can I just say this about the phone calls and the emails? I don't know what's going on with this show specifically, but man, you guys are engaged and it's awesome. And I don't want that to end. So please keep that up. Here is how you can participate in the show. The calls you've heard throughout so far are all, not all, but mostly coming from this number, 206-278-0553. That's 206-278-0553. Use it liberally. If you want to go, you know, 30 seconds to a minute is pretty good. Anything more than that is going to be hard to get on. Very rare. Got to have something real compelling if you're going to go over that much time. But loving your phone calls. You can also send your attachments and your emails. Attachments like MP3s, your little voice memos on your phones, whatever you want, to thediabloshow at gmail.com. That's thediabloshow at gmail.com. Okay? Let's keep it up. I freaking love it. Benji wrote in, Hey, Scott, glad you're doing a Diablo Diablo podcast. (laughs) And I'm new to Diablo. Thanks, everyone, on the instance for raving about it for two years. It finally convinced me uh, when ROS came out. I'm a little overwhelmed by all the stats on gear. How can you tell when an item is an upgrade? Do you just use the plus damage, plus toughness, and plus healing that's listed? Or is it slightly more in-depth? Or is it way more complicated than that? Here is my opinion of that. I am very much a visual guy, and I don't love numbers so much. But in this game, you kind of have to pay attention to some of them. But at a glance, especially as you're leveling up, if you find a piece of rare gear that has got, you know, in the plus greens for all three of those core numbers, which they did simplify this time around, if you remember, uh, for this expansion, then you're in good shape. That's kind of what you would want to go by. 
especially when you're working through the rares. It gets complicated when you get into Legendary Town. And that's when things start mattering like, oh, this Legendary may be 20% less damage, but the proc on it actually makes up for that because the creature it spawns that fights along my side boosts my damage to actually closer to 30 by the end of the fight. So you're having to do a little bit of math in your head like, well, you know, what's the, the upside, downside? So you need to start paying attention to those things. And that's the whole point of Legendaries is that gear is going to have stuff in it that that will matter more than just, oh, this has more DPS or, oh, this has more healing or toughness. I mean, those things, all those factors are important. Don't get me wrong. But there are going to be plenty of times where now you're rolling with full Legendary gear and a couple of set pieces, uh, greens or whatever, and you're going to run into a, a, I don't know, a bracer that's yellow, a rare, and you're going to go, whoa, that's like 50% more damage than this legendary I'm wearing. And you're going to be tempted to swap it out. But sometimes you shouldn't because the legendary's got other factors and properties that either mitigate that loss of damage or toughness or whatever, or um, enhance other aspects of your character. So when using a very specific kind of power or, or or a specific ability or move or spell that that is a huge boost to that to that in that gear like that cost 20 percent less resource or boost damage for a 10 seconds or you know whatever so you have to account for all that stuff now and it's not that big a deal and you're going to be more mindful of it when you hit the legendaries but while you're just working through characters and building them up through the lower ranks and stuff it's nothing to worry about just get the best see a rare ooh plus 10 to that sweet put it on wear it I always, I mean, I always err in f- favor of more damage. It's just kind of my thing. So I, I will, I will take a hit on toughness and healing sometimes, even in squishy characters, in favor of uh, just straight up more damage. Also, you know, keep in mind gems make a huge difference when you've got a socketed item, and that may turn that may turn the tide. There have been times where I have had a uh, an offhand for my wizard as a shield because that shield just straight up had stuff that it was better than anything else I had that was more wizard related. So even though like some of the bonus stuff on there had nothing to do with me, I carried that rare around for a while because it gave me better damage overall or whatever. So anyway, it is, it is always kind of a heartbreaking choice. Sometimes that's also just an aesthetic choice. Do I want this thing to look cool or do I want it to be good? And you can transmog to make that easier. It depends on the money you have. Don't be an idiot like me and sell. I, I accidentally bought, I was trying to link something in chat. And I bought a $2 million or 2 million gold um, gem recipe that I already had. Oh, and there's no sell, there's no, there's buybacks. There ain't no sellbacks. Not with those. That was 2 million bucks down the turlet, man. Oh, I was frustrated that day. It's all on me. I'm, I'm not, I'll take the, I'll take the credit for it, but it was real stupid. Real stupid. Oh, gosh. Uh, what are we doing now here? How about, uh, oh, you know what? Let's talk about how this guy gambles. Hey, Scott, David here in Eugene, Oregon. You were talking about inventory management. And I thought you'd be amused by a friend of mine who had to quit the pre-Reaper of Souls Diablo 3 because he ran out of inventory space and was unable to decide what to salvage. Now, in uh, Reaper of Souls, he's in the same position. In his bag, he has one slot. So when he gambles, gambles one item, and then he drops it. Talks to Godala, gamble, drop. And this is uh, his Diablo 3 life. Thought you'd find that amusing. Keep up the good work. 
That's insane, dude. Why is he doing that? That's a serious case. That maybe he may need help actually. For real though. Like that's that's a strange bit of OCD right there. One slot to gamble with. I'll tell you what I do. I clear out all my inventory in my yeah, my you know, my bags, go talk to Kadalarha. And if I need a helm, for example, I'm trying to, you know, get a set piece or a legendary out of her, I just buy, 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 and buy 50 helmets until that fills up. If it's all full of yellows I can't use, I go, I go salvage them or sell them, come back, do the same thing until I get something I want, until I've spent my shards. Uh that's just inefficient what he's doing. <laughs> that will take forever. Does he has he ever gotten anything good out of that? Because that's seriously the pokiest thing I've ever heard. Seems terrible. Email from Mr. Wood. This is not my eighth grade math teacher that you might think it would be, or at least I worried about when I first saw Mr. Wood attached to it. This is the guy that caught my brother, Matt, my Korean brother, Matt, whose real name is Lee Song-soo from Korea. He'd, he'd come to, this, uh, to these United States at age 12 and was in the junior high uh, bathroom and didn't know any English and didn't recognize human or human uh, American toilet uh, constructions. He didn't understand what the heck these things were and pooped in the urinal. Took a big poop in there. And Mr. Wood found him, sent him home and made me take him home and suspended him for three days. That guy did not understand the Korean ways of squatting over a urinal and letting rip the tides of war. All right, here's the email from Mr. Wood. One, uh, one of you shows, I think they meant your, you said you hit a chili bowl and out pooped a legendary or something like that. I think Blizzard is listening to your podcast because when I went around with my hardcore demon hunter, Robin the Hood, oh brother, I was busy picking and clicking everything in sight and out poops a pair of legendary pants called pox folds. These pants literally poop when enemies come near. It does 256% weapon damage to three or more uh, enemies within 12 yards. The cooldown even features a skunk icon for the stink. Oh my. My character has far outgrown the level of these legendary pants, but because of the high weapon damage uh, that scales with my character, he refuses to take them off, which makes me even more stinky, Mr. Wood. All right. A, it's great that your name is Mr. Wood and that your story was about poop because that's the only Mr. Wood I can think of. Secondly, uh, Blizzard still, uh, with all the highbrow entertainment they provide, they can still make a good poop joke every once in a while. Hey Scott, this is Leighton. I have a 60 Demon Hunter. I just got him there and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to buy Reaper of Souls or not. Um, and I'm not sure if I want to because I'm not sure there's an end game. I'm used to World of Warcraft where there's always you know a final raid for every expansion um, and you kind of know where you're going with that. But it seems like you always talk about all the gear you're getting and the Paragon levels and all the new rifts and just the different things, but is it just getting gear for getting gear's sake so you can continue to get better gear and go in higher raids? And is there an end to any of it? I'm just trying to figure out the point. Thanks. Love the show. Keep it up. It's an entirely good point you make. And in some ways it is that. It is just get gear to get better gear. Uh, and also bump up your difficulty tier. I didn't mean to rhyme that. But I should have been a rapper, clearly. Um, that that is a huge. I, I, it is a big part of it. And if you think about it, that's kind of what WoW's deal is, or, or any MMO really. The uh, RPGs generally are 
advance my character, unlock new things, find new things, improve him, be more powerful. You know, that's the whole point behind these games. However, I understand what you mean. It's, it's a different approach. Uh, the end game as, as such right now, as constituted in current Reaper of Soul play, is adventure mode, bounties, and rift running. And soon, t- uh, seasons and the tiers that they're in- inserting into this thing. Um, I mean, that is kind of your end game. There is no overarching story that says, now that we've killed death, we must go kill so-and-so, and there's going to be a period of time where that all goes on, and we'll get a cinematic explaining how that went story-wise. Like, they're not doing any of that, at least not yet. And I think that's really the difference. Other than that, think about it. If WoW didn't have you constantly talking to Thrall about everyone's next move, you would just it would just be more means to, to getting more gear. Big random dungeons with a thing to get to at the end so you can get the thing you want. I think that's all that you're talking about, really. If, you only, if, you, if we break this conversation down, I think it's that. Because I think it's that, you are either... You're probably on to something. Um... Would Diablo, would Diablo and the world of Diablo and Sanctuary, would it benefit from an ongoing story arc to go with these updates and patches? And I, I think it would. I really think it would. It would also shake things up because you could, you know, you could do more dynamic stuff with the bounty so they're not just so samey all the time. I mean, I've killed that Skeleton King more times than I've said the word Skeleton King. Do I need, do I really need to do that anymore from a story perspective? Should he even be a bounty? I killed him in Act 1, damn it. I understand him as a Rift boss, but, you know, Rifts are different. I, I don't know. I don't know what their next step is, you know? I mean, the fact that they completely just didn't ever do that multiplayer thing they were going to do means that's kind of out, or at least for now. So I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, man. I wish I could predict it. But Endgame is is kind of what all RPGs Endgame is. It's just maybe missing that story element to drag it along. And, and this isn't me complaining. I actually think it's fine, but I know I could see how that would rub some wrong. Hi, Scott. You're doing well, or hope you're doing well. Just want to let you know that for whatever reason, not sure what it is, but the Diablo show has become my favorite podcast, says Mike. Wow. Thanks, Mike. It's fun to see you just own the show in such a relaxed, easy, and truly engaging manner. It's obvious you are loving the show, and I think that's a big part of why I find it so enjoyable. Just great work, and like I tweeted a while ago, really brought me back into the game. I'm freaking loving it. Anyway, dumb question. Thank you for all the compliments, by the way. That's really, very nice. I, am, I really am loving this show. Dumb question. What's the point of the Z view key or the Z key view? I mean, I use it once in a while to take a look at my character close up. But like, can it be possibly used to play in that view? Do you use it at all? Am I missing something? Or is it really just Diablo's version of those crazy makeup mirrors you see in hotels? <laughs> Thanks for everything you do. And congrats on the kick-ass panels. All right. Um... Yeah, he's talking about the war, the uh, d- um, the official Blizzard uh, World of Warcraft license machines that Doghouse is doing. Have you guys seen those? It's got my my hunter and my pet on one of them. It's their artwork, by the way. Blizzard did it. Oh, it's beautiful. You go know, check those out if you want. You need a new gaming rig anyway. You know you do. Doghouse Systems slash Blizzard. Use Henry at checkout though. That'll that'll uh, tell him that I sent you. Anyway. Yeah, the Z key, I use it just to do what you do. I want to see my character sometimes. The funny thing is you can hit escape now and get a much better view of him, maybe too good of a view, all the, you know, spots and warts and all. You can hit that escape key anytime while you're playing and see that. Rotate him around. Look at his sweet ass. Um, 
but yeah, the Z key is kind of the equivalent of uh, there. There's an option in the interface options where when you go into inventory mode, that the zoom happens automatically. So I do that. That's mostly how I see my guy. Because when I'm checking out dies, like I'll do a lot of die work in the game. I like to die my dude up when I've got a bunch of mixed gear. And uh, he, I like to see him. So Z key works for that and inventory screen works for that. Either way. But you're right, Mike. And thanks again for that nice stuff you said. That was super nice. Hello, Mr. Johnson. I am calling from my well-deserved vacation at the monastery in Ivgorod. I was calling to ask what your thoughts are on the amount of times the necromancer showed up along my journey. When, or if, the gods known as Blizzard decide to give expansion to the threats lurking in the wind. Will the necromancer play a pivotal role, like the crusader or the wizard? I would appreciate your thoughts on the matter. Thank you. All right, if Blizzard does two, in either an expansion, well, I guess it'd have to be an expansion because a new game would mean an overhaul of everything, but if they do an expansion with new classes, I don't know, Crusader was the only one with this one, you guys. Wasn't there supposed to be, you know what, memory serves that there was another class to be released with Reaper of Souls. Do I remember that wrong? Like there was a Mesmer or like a... Some kind of like dot based class. Uh, let's see, let's see, canceled class. Let's see, canceled class. I'm just gonna look. I don't know if that's true. I don't know why I remember this though. I can't be the only one that remembers this. There was some talk. Ugh. Gosh dang it, I don't remember. I mean, okay, Diablo 1, we had the warrior, the rogue, the sorcerer. In uh, Hellfire, the expansion, we had the monk, the barbarian, and the bard. Diablo 2, we had, let me see if I remember these right, Amazon, barbarian, necro, paladin, sorceress, male and female. No, they didn't have male and female. You had to play single sex in those, right? And then the Lords of Destruction, or Lord of Destruction, had assassin and druid. They had two. So all I'm getting at is there is a chance or possibility they could do two, and that would be rad. And I would think one would be a necromancer for sure. I think that's just a given. But I'm not sure it's a given if they only do one. You know what I'm saying? If they just do one new class, I'm not so sure they I'm not so sure that's straight up back to the necromancer. If they do two, it makes sense to me for whatever reason. But you're right, there's a lot of that story going on, right? So running into that dude all the time. Hey man, what's up? I'm trying to rid the land of the whatever. Great. I'll help you out then. If there's gold and a big fat chest for me. Sure thing, buddy. A lot of that going on. I don't know, man. That was a loud motorcycle just now. Did you guys hear that? Weird. Uh, I mean, they had the joke class, the archivist. That'd be cool if they actually made that happen. Uh, I don't know why I think there was another canceled class. Someone's going to have to set me straight on that. 
Email from Philip says you uh, mentioned in your level 40 or that your level 40 witch doctor is playing in Torment 2 and that your crusader is at set. He is at 70 now and unable to even survive in Torment 1. I'm assuming you know that monsters scale to your character level regardless of what difficulty setting. You're right, Philip. I am aware of that, but it's not making any difference. He's OP. He does more stuff that kills more things at higher levels. So those creatures are scaling with me like they would with him, but I have a better answer for those scaled creatures with my witch doctor than my crusader does. That's all. I Yeah, I mean, it's a hard, it, whatever. I, there are guys laying waste to things with the crusader. I am not saying the crusader cannot be used to better effect. I'm just saying I am tearing through stuff with witch doctor without any real direction. I'm just picking stuff I like, you know, spells and things I like to do. do. Uh, so I'm not I'm not following any guides or going, yeah, the only way to level a sweet min-maxed witch doctor is this path. I don't do that. So he's kicking A while the Crusader's going, oh, hey, guys, can I play? I'll just sit back here and throw a shield at things. Are you guys okay with that? Hey, Scott, it's Craig. On last week's show, you talked about how you got kind of stuck in a rut with your spec and that making one small change actually made a huge difference to your ability to, to play at higher difficulty levels. I've been kind of trying to do the same thing, you know, break out of what I've been using. But what I find is a lot of the builds that are mentioned online kind of have specific legendary requirements in order to make them really go off. So my question is, do you let the legendaries that you get you know, randomly, obviously, in the game, lead which spec you lean towards, or are you better to pick the spec and then hope that you get these random drops? Um, anyways, love the show. Take it easy. Bye. Okay, I tend to do just what's fun, and you can compete no matter what in what's fun. Um, that's again what I like about this game. I've said it before. Uh, you you are not locked into Mister Min Max Man. You can do other things. Now there are going to be plenty of people who who would rather Min Max everything and and only search for gear they want and only match those up with spells that absolutely eke out every point of DPS or every point of whatever that they're aiming for. Um, that's just so not my style of play. I want to do what feels good and what I like and what's fun. So the the spec I've settled on with uh, generally with tweaks here and there with the wizard is just a blast. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I don't get bored of it. Um, a little change here and there may really change things up. But whatever, it's still going to be based on what I like to do. And I may completely change how I play that character in a month. But that's okay. It's just as fun. You know, I mean, I'm all about the fun. Uh, but you're right in that gear has a huge effect on this. I know people that only run certain spells or certain abilities because of the gear they have on. Like straight up, that's how they did that will determine their thing. Right now, I have a pair of shoulders, or maybe it's pants, that bump my frost beam for the wizard up like 20% or something. But I don't use frost beams at all with that character. The gear's still good generally, but I'm not getting the benefit out of that frost thing. And I I admit I've been tempted to turn off disintegrate and do that, but I just seem to do better with disintegrate um and a very specific rune that sends it all over the room. So I don't play that way, but a lot of other people do. And I'm sure that that's been your experience as well. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. All right, we, uh, we're coming down the wire here to uh, being able to call this another done show. 
But I am here to tell you in an excited voice that you can get the Diablo Show loot pinata at frogpants.com slash store. This includes coasters, album art print, signed by me, other goodies, stickers. It's cool, and it supports the show, and it's inexpensive. It's not going to break your bank. It's a great way to show that you love the show. Like Shane Bursay. I hope I'm saying that right, Shane. Keith Flood and others who have uh, picked those up this week. Thank you, guys. Much appreciated. And again, if you want to pick that up, that's the Diablo Show Loot Pinata. Get that at frogpants.com slash store. Listed right there. We also have it linked in all the show notes each week here on the show at frogpants.com slash Diablo. Quick update on the contest we're going to be running soon for that skateboard. I know I've been talking about the skateboard deck forever, that custom Diablo uh, skateboard deck that is a -a one-of-a-kind deal that we'll be able to give away on the show. I have been updated again that nearly the entire team has signed it now, Team 3 there at Blizzard. And with their signatures, that'll be uh, in my hands soon and in some lucky player's hands very soon. I know I keep teasing it, but I'm just waiting for it. So as soon as it gets here, we're good. We're golden. All right, that's that. Uh, that's it. Frogpants.com slash Diablo is our uh, show. That's where you'll find links to everything. iTunes subscriptions, uh, RSS feed, to put it in whatever players you've got. Uh, show notes, links to everything we talked about today. All that stuff. Frogpants.com slash Diablo. show at gmail.com is our email address. Use it liberally, as you already are. And you guys are insane. I just love it. Please keep doing that. Uh, phone call. Phonus. Phonus? Phone us on the phone call. 206-278-0553. Leave us a voicemail. Play it on the show. It's, it's that simple. 206-278-0553. Uh, and finally, on Twitter, you can find the show at The Diablo Show. That's at The Diablo Show on Twitter. And you can find me at Scott Johnson. Got a couple things here to play at the end. Stay tuned for that. No Deckard Kane this week. I'm a little sad as well. He caught his foot on a Herodric cube. And couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> uh, but we'll be back next time with episode eight of this here show. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you next time. A few weeks ago, you asked why we play Diablo. Well, I feel like I play Diablo because it's really neat that I'm playing a game almost 20 years later from its first release. Also, it's such a polished game, and there's so many subtle, little, cool nuances. Anything from the journals to the flavor texts on legendaries, I just find awesome. Also, you asked, what class are we playing? I'm really, really liking the Crusader, and I'm kind of really identifying with that class a lot. Love the show. Thanks. is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.